looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Yes, we are past the post this Sunday. We've pulled up well after what was uh, a good day of racing in Dooman yesterday, hosted by the Tattersalls Racing Club. Nathan Exelby, have you pulled up well? I'm OK this morning, thanks, David, yes. I've pulled up terrifically. Well, that's good. I tell you what, yesterday was a, was an interesting betting day at Doombin where often we see races where they'll back four or five. They, they search why they look for longer odds. Not yesterday. Mm. They put up targets and they went hard and fast putters. Some won, some didn't win, but most of the races, they really zeroed in on the first or second favourites. Yeah, you're exactly right. And a lot of, a lot of the SPs resembled nothing like we spoke about on, on radio yesterday morning. Yeah, exactly right. We had two features, two listed features, the recognition, that's a time-honoured race for Tattersalls, and also the Spirit of Boom Classic. We're going to concentrate on them first, and we'll go to the, the Sky Racing Tats recognition first up. It was a good betting race. I'd say Soxagon overall was the best back runner. $13 on tab fixed when markets went up. ESP to $3.90. Here's the replay. They're humming along up to the turn. 400 left to run. Boomsara is vulnerable. He leads away from Emerald Kingdom. Red chase up to third. Then McEwen followed by Tester Shadow. Here's Soxagon. He's starting to launch down the outside. And Province running on reasonably well. The Herovian got a split. Came through. Red chase tackled by the Herovian. Soxagon. Profit picking out wider. The Herovian. He dashed to the lead. Can he do it? Can he do it all right? Look at him go. The Herovian. Ah, oh, hats off. Too good. Beat Red Chase, third profit or socks are gone. They're followed then by Emerald Kingdom, Stitch McEwen, then Wapiti, Stampy, Boomsara, Tester Shadow. Second last over the line was Agassi. Prioritise his last home in the race in a gallop of one, 117.84. Yes, and they left off that last part of the broadcast <laughs> where I said when you uh, knock winners or pot winners, mm. you know, with egg on your face. And I should be called omelette this morning because I... Well, I wasn't alone. <coughs> not I, the only one. I was, I was definitely with you. But I'm not going to uh, shy from the fact that I thought it was a different ball game for him yesterday. And uh, yet he, he, he triumphed and in no uncertain manner. 59 kilos, breaking 118. He's just a, a marvel, isn't he? Like, OK, we saw him at the mile last time. And the, the natural suspicion is, oh, well, he'll be looking for longer soon enough. And... Here he is, freshened up a little bit and 59 kilos, good field, and he just towed them up. Let's expand on this story more. Our first guest this morning on Pass the Post is the trainer of the Herovian, well, one half of the training combination, of course, Toby Edmonds in a training partnership with his son, Trent. And I know he would have been delighted with the performance of the Herovian yesterday. He joins us this morning on Pass the Post. Toby, congratulations. <coughs> well, thanks, David. It was a good effort yesterday. It went really good. I think uh, you're underselling it, but it was, good. it was an outstanding effort. We were just talking before you came on air that... that Myself, Nathan, and a few others, we, we we mentioned yesterday morning he was the morning line favourite. And I said, well, I don't think he'll start favourite. I thought that the market had him too short. It panned out that way, but he ignored the market, the Herovian. Yourself going into the race, what were your thoughts? What did you think he could do yesterday? I suppose we were, um, like everyone, a bit, a bit concerned about um, the horses he'd been beating. And... His figures sort of suggested he needed to lift a little bit to beat those horses. But in the back block, we knew he was a winner and he's such a game and tenacious horse that um, uh, I think the higher raised the bar, he, he just um, he jumps into it. So, look, I, 
I was skeptical, but now I, now I know he, he can uh, he can measure up down here quite quite easily. And um, giving weight to all those horses yesterday and beating in the way he did, he, he, he's in for a pretty good time. Toby, he's pretty much been at your stable since since he won his first race down here three starts back. Um, handed to you from Steve Massingham. It was great to see him there at the races yesterday. So have you pretty much just sort of continued on, on what Steve was doing with the horse? Oh, no, we took the horse over um, after his, after his um, mile win last time. We sent him out to our farm just to freshen up a little bit, which, which is common. And, um, uh, yeah, basically just um, kept him ticking over and freshened him up and, and presented him yesterday. He's headed towards the Burnbra, so we didn't want to have him 100% wound up yesterday. So, um, yes, that was a good gallop for him, you know, heading, heading into that race. So, yeah, basically he's pretty push-button, pretty easy horse to train. We didn't do much much differently. Toby, he's an intriguing horse uh, from a public point of view, and, and I say this because uh, he has that had that fantastic winning sequence in North Queensland, and I think a lot of people think, maybe some still do, but if, if they do, that they're in the vast mi- in, the, in the minority that oh, he's a, a North Queensland horse who's done good here in South East Queensland. But I think what people forget is that when he arrived in the North, he wasn't like a, a has been in Victoria. He'd only been lightly raced. And, as it shows now, yesterday was only his 29th start. So I think this is a horse that somewhat was, you know, misjudged that they were thinking, you know, a cast of up north. That wasn't really the case at all because, you know, he had done a lot of racing when he arrived there. No, I think Tom Tom bought him pretty well straight out of Melbourne. He, he never got to come come to South East Corner. He went straight up there and got through his grades very quickly. Um, and he's a seven-year-old now, which... Which you think well, he's fairly old, but he's only lightly raced. He's very sound and got a great pedigree. So um, been by fast net rock. So you know he's he's still got a, a good good couple of seasons left in him, and um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what level he gets to because obviously we had um, Tom's other horse come down here, which we'll be able to win the stride break with, and this horse is a little bit better performed than what he was up there. So I'd suggest uh, you know that could be a path we take. Watching from afar, Tony, uh, Toby, when he was winning those races up north, I thought his best win was that the Cairns Amateurs when he got to 2,100 metres. When will we likely see him at that sort of trip again, if we do see him at that trip? Yeah, well, you know, that's a bit up near, to be truthful. Like, uh, I thought I thought yesterday's win was, was very dominant. And I think if we train him, train him for those sort of trips, I think we can we can keep him there, whether we have to stretch him out. Mm. But he's vulnerable at the mile the other day when he when he did win even though it was a month between runs. Um, but, you know, he's that first time you can do anything with him, I suppose. You want to sit him for doing a cup, you could. So, look, who, who knows? Um, but we've got to sit down and talk, talk to Tom and and, um, and Steve and work out where we go with him, uh, whether we do head to the Burnborough or we try to get a wild card in the Magic Man Day. So um, that's also something we spoke about last night. Someone sent me a message last night, said... Burnbury he's only going to get 57 kilos in in what in that um, set weights and penalties race. He'll be pretty well placed in that race if if that's the case. He would be. He's used to carrying huge weights and and um, yeah, so it's set weights and penalties race. So when a winning listed race the other day gets an extra kilo, so you're right, 57 is about his weight. And he, as as you said, he'd be well placed in that type of race. But um, you know, we we could also head the other way and try and get a wild card into the into the. Maybe a cup or something. So, um, two up at the moment. He, two other points to make about this win. Um, I'm a bit of a time freak. He broke 118, and it was a good four track yesterday. They didn't upgrade it to a good three. He's run 117.84 
you get under that 118 barrier, you're in select company. That's one point. The other point is again, this was a this was a brilliant ride by Brad Stewart. I've watched the replay a few times, and you can see coming to the turn, he's he's navigating a path between runners. Soxagon was coming wide, Profit was coming wide. They were covering extra ground. He was slipping through between runners and then got that gap. But uh, uh, we're accustomed to seeing these sort of rides, but he handles this horse well. Yeah, so two points, you're right. Brad Stewart does ride these type of races beautifully. And gone a little sticky if they end up on the fence, you know, you know with that big weight, it was uh, good that he he had had a really stress-free run and didn't really go around a horse either. You know, he, he, he finds the right lane most times, Brad, and, and um, did it again yesterday. You're right, he handles that horse really good. Um, and I think he's probably a bit better ridden quietly than, than, than he did ride him in the... Uh, in the mile race last time. He put him into the race really early and um, yesterday he timed his run to perfection and um, just give him that beautiful ride as he can. Terrific scenes after the race yesterday, Toby, with his, it's a growing cast of fans this horse has, but the, the, those close to him are obviously huge support network and it must be great to be associated with something like that with that level of euphoria. Yeah, well, you know... Um, being from Cairns and, and Thomas from Cairns and Steve's obviously from Cairns and, and you know, the following is huge. Like Twitter Twitter went nuts yesterday. It was uh, I don't know how many how many followers he's got, but you know, the, the Cairns paper, the 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 T V station, everyone, you know, that got right behind him and um, he's he's like their their winks of the north, isn't he? Now he's, mm. he's starting to get that sort of sort of profile which is great. Great for racing and great for those guys up there. And I think too that uh down here in the south, so to speak, the south versus the north, but but he's not an intruder now because we've seen him here on three occasions. And what we like about him is is that will to win, that that courage, that bravery that we see. And uh, I'm sure his following down here is, is building all the time as well. Yeah, well, um, going back to my first point, you know, like um, we're concerned about what he'd been racing against, and, and this race yesterday. You know, shocks are gone. They're, they're pretty good horses, and giving big weight and just his tenacious will to win is, is his best best um, attribute, I feel, and his ability as well. Good day for the stable. Beach break one. Uh, you'd like to have half a dozen of her in your backyard, uh, honest as they come, and she's been very competitive and very consistent this campaign. You're right. You know, um, put a bit of a glitch in the in the record book at the Gold Coast, but apart from that, she's been really honest and and you know. Um, She's a trimmer that's got a great turn of foot. She can come off a slow speed or a hot speed and, and um, quite versatile. Oh, I thought Jimmy rode her beautifully as well, which, which um, you know, our riders rode all our horses good yesterday, which was good. And, um, you know, she's got a good future as well. I'm not sure where, where she gets to, but certainly um, uh, getting through a graze nicely. A stack of feature races coming up over the next six weeks. Toby, is there a, a, a couple of horses in the stable you're exciting about, excited about uh, producing in some of those races? Yeah, I thought Art Empire was really good the other day, even though he's beaten into fourth place. He didn't have much luck, and I know um, Tony Gollancing led and smashed the clock, but um, he was quite... Um, he was good, good at his start before that, and he was good the other day, and he's come through that run great. I, I like him going forward. He goes to the George um, Moore on Saturday? He does, yeah. Uh, we got a really, really nice two-year-old. We haven't haven't uh, let loose yet. He he'll um, he steps out shortly. What's called Alp on Edge, heading towards Magic Million Day. Um, I think he's a really, really serious colt. Um, and a, another another couple for for the for the um, support races too. But um, 
you know, they'll find their grade shortly. Good work, Toby. Good day at the office yesterday with that double, but particularly the Horovian, a very exciting win. We'll talk soon. Thanks, David. Very much. Stop. Toby Edmonds joining us, part of the Toby and Trent Edmonds Training Partnership. And not much more to say. The Horovian had the, the, the biggest weight and uh, he came from in the back of the field. He was too good. Red Chase, honest. Profit, good first up. Ran to the line well. Socks are gone. Uh, a solid performance. The others didn't impress me, although a pass mark for Wapiti, who was first up, and he'll be looking for further. Yeah, but <clears throat> I think there'll be some good form come out of that race going forward. Red Chase, it was... Looking at them in the in the mounting yard, David, number one, the Herovian just towers over a little red chase. He he was very brave on speed under his 57. And I think, you know, fans of Profit would have been pretty satisfied with the way he charged to the line at the at the end. I had the chance to uh, have a <coughs> chat with Steve Massingham last night. He was at Albion Park, Trot, so they, they carried the party <laughs> on from Duma to Albion Park, which was good because we had a, a really good crowd there. But as he said, and you've written it this morning, that uh, I said, when did you decide to come? He said, just the night before. Yeah. Uh, Tom Headley couldn't be there. I'm not quite sure why Tom couldn't make the trip, but I'm sure he would have been watching or listening somewhere. But, no, it, it, it's a great story. And, um, well, we uh, we paid the penalty by um, not believing in him. I just got a message from one of our leading trainers said that the Horovian's the best handicapped horse in Australia yesterday. So, obviously, felt that he um, was pitchforked in with his 59. Well, what, <laughs> can they carry any more in those races? I'm not sure. Is it? Well, check that out now. Okay, let's move on from one listed race to another. We're going to go to the Spirit of Boom Classic. And the favourite here was <coughs> Jaden Tom at $2.90. In the straight, Needle by the 300 metres. Going great guns for the time being. Epic Girl immediately under pressure. Blazing misses under the whip. Jaden Tom starts to rally now. Gives the lead of four lengths. 100 left to run. Needorp in full flight. Then lining up for the miners. But Needorp's in front all the way. Beat home, Blazing Miss, Jaden Tom, Gypsy Toff, and good on you, Sonia. Then came Riverbird, Mousy, Spirit's Choice, La Cosmo, followed by Epic Girl, then Molly's Rocking, Ice Frost, Socialising, Skate to Paris, Thine is the Power, and Jammy Lady out towards the tail in 19.15, first out and first home, Needorp. Yes, you don't see too many horses win from barrier 16 in a field of 16 of the 1,200 at Doom, but it's quite uncommon, so... That gets a big tick in itself with Needorp. Certainly does. Tony Gollan, he flagged the intentions through the week. He said it'll be handlebars down and good luck to those who want to try and keep up with her and the, the tactics work to charm. I thought we'd take a different angle with the Needorp story this morning. We've been speaking to Tony uh, quite uh, regularly here on Past the Post, but Brian Seamson is one of the part owners of Needorp and there's a wider story here because uh, Brian, of course, is the, the man behind Black Soil Bloodstock. want to find a bit more about him and then talk about Needorp. Brian... Thanks for joining us this morning, and congratulations on that black tie win yesterday. Thanks, boys. It was uh, it was exciting to listen to that last 400 again. <laughs> tell us about uh, Black Soil Bloodstock. Tell us about your background. How did you come into racing, and, and tell us about this company. Yeah, I, I, was, I was probably fortunate, to, or unfortunate, depending on which way but you want to remember it, to be childhood friends with uh, Tony Gollan as we were young pups growing up in Toowoomba and uh, lived at his house there for few years um, before I sort of left uh, Toowoomba to come down and play some professional footy with the South Sydney Rabbitohs but kept uh, mates uh, with Tony all the way through. Um, for those who remember, he, he spent some time down in Sydney playing a little bit of footy with South as well before he went home to take over the reins from his old man and um, he threw me into two pretty handy horses. My first two horses were Temple of Boom and Spirit of Boom so I was probably, it was set and forget after that. Yeah, exactly right. How did Black Soil Bloodstock come about? 
Yeah, so uh, probably in the last, certainly in the last sort of four or five years, um, just watching, um, I, I was fortunate enough to be the, the major shareholder of Spirit of Boom there. And when we sold um, Spirit of Boom to Eureka, back to Eureka, uh, to stand, kept the share and it got a little bit of interest around the breeding side of things. Um, surrounded myself with some pretty good people in Tony and John Foote and Harry McAlpine and, and a few other folks in the industry. And, and in the last, about three years ago, we set up a business plan um, to just to really focus on um, great pedigree, good commercial filly prospects, um, something that if they didn't, didn't go off and race or if they got an injury, they, we would be able to roll them over in terms of the residual value. And, and um, exceptional, uh, exceptional crop came through the first year, including Needorp. And then, obviously, for those who follow we're just losing you there for a moment, uh, Brian. Um, it's just been a, it's been a, a three, only three years old, um, three years into sort of that business plan at the moment, and it's um, it's uh, certainly returning the the right type of excitement that we expected uh, as we got in, and we've got a whole bunch more folks interested in coming on that journey this coming Magic Means as as we head into this year's sales season. So, so it's not just a closed shop, Brian. You're looking at getting other people into racing yeah, with you. Yeah, well, it wasn't originally. It wasn't. A, it was originally just a, a closed shop. It was something that, um, as I've, I've I've been fortunate to do well in other parts of the um, business life, and this was a real passion to to, to tip something um, back into racing. Um, Tony and I have, uh, as I said, been childhood mates. He's been an unbelievable coach and guide as I've as I, as I wanted to tip sort of into this side of the passion. Uh, breeding side of the business and um, the racing and breeding side for me was closed off. Harry and I had developed out just a, a core group of um, individuals who would just add appreciation for the racing and breeding side. But we just had so many uh, good opportunities to come across some great, wonderful folks in racing who wanted to come a part of it. And slowly and slowly in the last couple of seasons, um, we've been introducing them. And then this year, uh, we set up an exclusive membership group. Um, and, and that's not to be um, sort of suggesting anybody can't be a part of it. It was just folks who are really sort of interested in the Black Soul Bloodstock story. And that blew out to sort of 300-odd members. And so this year, we decided to just open it up, see if folks wanted to be interested in coming along and racing with us. And, and a number of those folks jumped into to, to the likes of the Needorp and Isotope and others like that. So it's really not, it's not, to, it's not uh, designed to be um, commercial. It's designed to have a whole bunch of like-minded folks be uh, really passionate about what we do. And along the way, obviously, um, from a business context, we want the ability to, to be able to uh, trade or breed to um, these, uh, these valuable fillies as we, as we get them through racing. And Tony is arguably doing a stellar job um, certainly, putting, uh, certainly putting the uh, fillies into the stakes and black type uh, on their page, and certainly in the last two seasons. I think last season we kicked off with... 23 black saw bloodstock runners for uh, 14 winners and and, and 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 a handful of stakes uh, stakes. So that strike rate uh, for us, uh, I, I jokingly say the boys, the boy and the boss, he's certainly going to keep us in his stable at that sort of strike rate. <laughs> Uh, I think this is a wonderful concept, Brian, Black Soil Bloodstock, because what it does as well, I think there are a lot of people out there that would love to be owners, but they're, they're frightened to, to ask a question. They don't know how to get involved. Their, their education as far as ownership is is at a low level. Uh, a concept like this, an avenue like this, people can say, well, you know, I can make a phone call, I can speak to someone, and then all of a sudden they can become part of this 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 concept. And as you say, your strike rate is second to none and you've got the premier trainer. So organisations like this or your, your concept like this, I think it's really great for the racing industry. Yeah, mate, and if you, if you take a look at also, and we borrowed a couple of concepts from Tony as well, if you take a look at what he's doing on the, on the social side, he's really trying to break down 
everything from terminology to um, how you get into ent certain entry points and the, the explanatory nature of what most sort of folks somewhat get uh, uh, intimidated by if they don't really know and everyone's assuming racing's an expensive sport and things like that. But it's, 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 it's horses for courses. And I think what Tony's done really well is just bring that racing language and, and, and understanding really back to the layman. And we, and we really like that concept. So we brought that across into the, the breeding and racing side. And, and what I wanted to do in the first three years is I wanted to go out and prove it up first. I wanted to go and invest my own money, um, put a few folks around it, make sure we build an exceptional team. Like you, you can't get, I mean, those stakes winners have all been chosen by John Foote and, uh, and Tony Gollan. So, I'm, you know, we've got some of the best in the stable. And then Tony goes on and does a job. So I wanted to prove that up over the first three years and just show folks, you know, this is this is something everyone can access. And now, uh, as we continue to sort of open up for these next lot of sale periods and invite folks who want to come along for that journey. Well, Needop's an, a very valuable man now, being a stakes-winning daughter of not a single doubt. You mentioned Isotope. We get to see her again next Saturday? Yeah, I'm, uh, finally the uh, border restrictions are opening up, so I get a chance to come up. I'm actually living in Sydney, so I get a chance to come up... Uh, to see, uh, see the horses for the first time. So I missed last weekend, yeah. but I'm certainly going to be up there for Isotope and hopefully hopefully, we can make it back-to-back -back stakes wins. <laughs> hey, Brian, just before you go, I was having a chat with one of the owners of Needorp, Simon George, after the last race, and I asked him, what does Needorp mean? Can you enlighten us on that? Yeah, Needorp is a... It's a, it's actually a... Uh, it's actually... It's, in, well, it's a German... It's, it's from Germany. It's based on uh, the black tulip side um, it's, play, it's a place in Germany where black tulips are actually found. Black tulip um, being obviously the, the, um, the uh, dam side, name of the dam side. So that's how the tie-ins there, Needorp. I oh, can't let you go without you giving us an insight into Tony Gollan's demeanour on the football field. Was he, was he a meek and mild footballer? <laughs> Look, I know this is a, this is a breakfast early morning uh, PG channel, so I... <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, so let's just let's just go with the formal side of uh, wonderful friend, awesome human being, and we'll run with that story. But if you, <laughs> if, you, if, you ca if you catch me after I win a stakes race next weekend, we might be a completely different version of that event. We'll be looking for you. Good luck, mate, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Brian Seamson, the uh, the principal of Black Soil Bloodstock. But these concepts are good, aren't they? <clears throat> they very much are, and they've come from the top end, like they're... they're buying really top-end gearlings and um, you, know, you, you like to see them get those good successful results so that continues and you, you, you know yourself how prominent these colours are now they're, they're there every week exactly. and uh, mostly talented horses you know we're seeing like the, the, the Archer Park organisation going mm -hmm. on a similar line different different concept to a degree but getting people in and uh, I was speaking with, with Chris Wessel yesterday and as he said with with owners, he said, often the best advertising or the best way to market is word of mouth. And mm. you've got to have winners. Naturally, you do. Yep. But um, owners get introduced to new owners. They become like a family, an extended family, a team. They they have fun. That's what it's all part of. So I think these ideas are great. Needorp, when you say 16 of 16, but on balance, you've got to be a little bit fair here because um, her task was made easier on two fronts. Jamie Lady missed the start, mm -hmm. but she was off the map. And blazing misled and handed up, so she got there. But but in the, in the tick box, um, you know, she's got that beautiful cruising speed early, and also as Georgie Cardrive put out, you can rev her up early, and then she'll come back underneath you. That's exactly what she did, and Georgie Cardrive needs uh, or deserves praise as well. Rated her beautifully. Yes, right. For a breakthrough stakes win for her here in in Queensland. I think you know, all honours with the winner though. She was there to be run down, and um, she uh, kept going. 
Yeah, 1,200 metres, and I think everyone agrees uh, that, that that is the outer limit there. She she got home by half length from Blazing Miss, uh, who was good but had her chance, and Jade and Tom was good, uh, revving up late in the piece. Let's have a listen to a couple of other features or races from yesterday on the, the Tattersall's meeting. We'll go to the two-year-old, and this was a race where in the morning Baby Wong was favourite over Conexi. The putters had that uh, target board out, bang, Conexi, and started $2. Here's the replay. Down the side, 500 left to Rana. Kinexi now takes full control. Move clear of Race Day Glamour. Baby Wong next, but it's covered ground. It's done it hard. Then came She's So Vain. Crack of Doom. Rocket Arnie and last of all, yes, we're ready. Then homeward bound, 300 left to Rana. Kinexi leads. Baby Wong, though, is in for the fight. Still trailing by length, but coming after the leader game, Lee. Kinexi has still got it. 150 left to Rana. Holding Baby Wong for the moment by length. A minute away, She's So Vain. Kinexi in front. The mark. Margin's not big, but it's going to get home. Kinexi beat home Baby Wong. Space job to third. She's so vain. Got it. Fourth crack of doom. Then Rocket Arnie. Yes, we're ready. And whipping them in was Race Day Glamour in 60 and 84. Pretty simple story here. Two chances on paper. And with Kinexi, as was, was clearly documented, blinkers going on. Uh, immature at its first start. Took a benefit from that race experience and uh, was a, a better product there yesterday. And I think the ride was also a key too. Luke mm. Dutton was able to keep the runner up three wide in that first part of the race by not crossing the, the leader, so the horse inside him, sorry. So um, still waiting for a good two-year-old to come out, David. Now We're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting for one. Surely the next uh, few weeks when a bit of black type goes on the line in Toby a few Edmondsy. weeks. Toby Edmondsy. I've written that out. Yes. Alpine, was Alpine, Alpine Edge. Edge. Alpine yes. Edge. Let's wait for it. Let's uh, have a listen to race seven yesterday. Again, putters... Uh, Steamed in late here to ball up two dollars forty, but Boomtown has solid at two sixty. Both were beaten. 700 left to run. Racecourse Road controls. Leads piracy by a length and a quarter. Third, the inside Moonshine Lady and Boomtown Lass is poised in fourth. The first 600 metres in 35.09. Cattersby three wide midfield. Phantom Falcon in the centre. Right or wrong inside that pair. Now Baller is trying to navigate away from the inside. He's still got six lengths to make up. And then came Snow Zone and Potro Duro. In the straight though, Racecourse Road led. Piracy on the outside giving some cheek. Boomtown Lass is now joining in. Moonshine Shine Lady next, then Phantom Falcon. Baller couldn't win. Race Course Road giving something. Boomtown Lass is trying to knuckle down. Race Course Road's in for the fight. He's in front. Boomtown Lass is running out of time. Race Course Road beat Boomtown Lass and Baller emerged late. Flew for third. Then Phantom Falcon, right or wrong. Followed by Piracy, Cattersby, Potro Duro, Snow Zone and Moonshine Lady last home in a gallop of 18.98. Nice. Well, Kelly Schweder was the one that was... Uh, had crowing and laughing after the race. $26. He said, what a mad price. He's got all yeah, the money. Obviously had a good bet on it. Good on you, <laughs> Kelly. Congratulations. Well, it's easy in hindsight, isn't it? But the point he makes is a good one that uh, the command and conquer form line is mm. obviously pretty strong. But it goes to the point you made right at the top of the show. The punters, they just had blinkers on yesterday. They zoned in on one or two and basically forgot the rest. Baller has no speed early, it seems, from the two times we've seen it here and was being niggled at by Luke Dibman coming to the turn didn't have a great deal of room in the early part of the straight, then got out. Um, don't know whether he... Devin just got to hand his record. Uh, 1,400 metres, would that be good for him? He, Luke Dibman got off and said he got to the 600 and he was thinking, gee, I wish this was 1,350 this mm. race. So I would think 1,400 across the road at Eagle Farm in a couple of weeks' time is where you'll you'll see um, Baller get his chance to break through. But, um, he's, he's gone good both times, but 
never looked a winning hope either time. Boomtown Lass always honest and Phantom Falcon's run was good after a freshen up not far away in fourth. A lot of the Boomtown Lass connections when Needorp crossed in the last race and led and, and kept going to win. The, 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 certainly there would have been some thoughts last night. Did we do the right did we go the right way? Yeah, I thought she had a chance. Oh, she definitely did. Let's go to uh, our last replay from yesterday, Dooman, and this was the three-year-old over the mile, and Good Soys was the favourite for 20. Into the home straight. The leader was Mobbuster. Queen Dazzler not going away. Here's Corvo presenting three wide Olympic class. Looking for a run but was balked. And right down the outside, here's Good Soys. The well-back commodity comes after. It's stablemate Corvo and Seamarie making good ground. Good Soys in the battle with Corvo. Seamarie on the outside. Oh, finishing two to their one. Up with Seamarie. Put pay to Good Soys and got the money. Third over the line, Corvo. And fourth was way beyond... Then came Pure Deal Olympic class, Mobbuster, followed by Dune 45, who ran on. Then Beg Me, Queen Dazzler, Paul Shearia, Mount Mort Shark, and Roke is last in 137.98. See Marie appreciating going out to the mile. Good ride, not, not a good ride, a very good ride mm. by Jim Byrne, and a good win by See Marie. And hasn't she got a lovely target coming up? The Grand Prix uh, Eagle Farm, 26th of December, 2,200 metres. That's it, and there's a race in a fortnight on the way there, the Eagle Way, so it's a lovely progression for her, and you'd think the way she settles there that there'll be no issue going that, that extra ground. She was she really picked them up and put them away in the end, didn't she? She certainly did. Did you win yesterday? I won a minuscule amount yesterday. It was, uh, well, that's, was borderline. That's, a, that's all relative. Yes. Minuscule it goes thousands. In, it goes in as a plus, <laughs> and, which is much more desirable than a minus. But um, pretty much a break-even, though. You? Uh, a, a minor amount. <laughs> a, a, a modest amount. Good early. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the results, the, the results were sort of... Flat yeah. late. But a good day of racing and uh, good work by the Tattersalls Club. So, of course, yes, next Saturday... Uh, we're still at Dooman, the, the George Moore. So I imagine we'll see Jonker. Yes, we'll definitely see, see Jonker, Jonker and we'll see Outback Barbie, I think, in the same race. Michael Rod's booked to ride her. It'll be a terrific race. We, I'm really looking forward to next Saturday morning listening to you wax lyrical as to why Jonker, Jonker is a good thing. You never know with me. I'll probably say I can't win next Saturday. <laughs> but that's a group three at 1,200 metres. But, of course, also our country folk really to the fore next to Saturday because we've got the, the Country Cups Challenge. That's over the 1,600 metres. And the Country Stampede final, this is a new race. There'll be 16 of them over the 11, 10 metres. And uh, um, we always have a, a, a country broadcaster for either the Battle of the Bush yep. or the Country Cup. And uh, this year, young Jared Wessel will be oh, calling terrific. both races. So it uh, gives me a <laughs> bit of time off. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him call those 16 runners at the 11, 10 metre start of yeah, Doom. Coming from all parts of, of Queensland. But not a lot of room for error there. No, so it's uh, it'll be a great day at Doom next Saturday. Looking forward to it. Let's go to the West and we'll have a listen to the Winterbottom. This was the sprint feature yesterday. At the 450, Condor Heroes brings them around the turn from Vital Silver. Just trying to hold Indian Pacific in. They brush tight together coming into the home corner. Durandell gets a run on their inside. Then Red Can Man followed by Elite Street. Trekking still well back but coming around heels. Here comes Elite Street. It's Elite Street on the outside. Going with him now is Rock Magic. Rock Magic and Elite Street into the clear. Rattling home Celebrity Queen. Elite Street though. It's Elite Street home in the winter bottom from Celebrity Queen. 
Rock Magic or Trekking for third. Flirtini from Wellback charging to the line. Right behind them, Stage Man, Malibu Style, Red Can Man, Vela Road, Mankind. They were followed by Indian Pacific, then Durandal, Vital Silver, Essential Spice, and dropping out Condor Heroes, the last of them home in the winter bottom of 2020. Yes, Elite Street was a $31 chance, trained by Dan Morton. Of course, we remember with him with Scenic Shot. And uh, Brad Rowella had the ride. Uh, only a lightly raced horse was, was way up in class, was coming out, I think it's like benchmark 72 mm. races, but only lightly races. Only had, I think, the eight starts for the five wins. And Group 1 level there yesterday, beating Celebrity Queen and Rock Magic, the favourite, trekking 175 and ran fourth. Never really looked to hope. $1.75 trekking in a Group 1, though. Uh, 25th Group 1 winner for Brad Rewilla, who's only just made the move to WA. He's testing the waters over there to see whether it will be a permanent move. And, um, yeah, good to see Dan Morton back in, uh, in Group 1 winning form as well. The carnival continues, of course, next Saturday with the Kingston Town Classic. Thanks for your company on Past the Post this morning. Hope you're enjoying the show. We'll take a break and then come back and have a look at the meeting at Rose Hill Gardens. Past the Post on Radio Tab. We had a Group 3 and 2 listed races at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday and one of the listed races was the Sprint, the Starlight Stakes. Let's go to the replay. Coming to the turn and Space Boy travelling well by length on Vada. Invictus Salute tucked around the inside. Followed then by Easy Eddie and Snitz being revved up now. Brewell is looking for an out. Not much room at the moment. Space Boy still being nursed here at the 300. Vada's flat to the boards and Victor Salute's pushing out of a pocket now. Space Boy in front of Invictus Salute going to second. Then came in and up and Viridine running on. Down to the 150. Space Boy still in front. Invictus Salute starting to level up now. Invictus Salute going to Space Boy and Invictor Salute went home best. Invictor Salute gunned down Space Boy. Our repeat of last time. Photo third, Vera Dean and did it up. Further back then to Passage of Time is run well under the circumstances. Snitz was next but battled. Further back to Easy Eddie and Glenola. Yes, as Darren Flindell pointed out, it was the same result, the same Quinella when, of course, Invictor Salute beat Space Boy in the Schwarzier on Melbourne Cup Day at Royal, at Royal Randwick. An Invictus Salute winning yesterday. Good day at the office for trainer Mark Newnham. He's joining us this morning here on Past the Post. Mark, good morning. Congratulations on a good day. Yeah, good morning. This uh, mayor was also a, a runner or an acceptor at Doombin where you had Blazing Miss in. Did you, and she drew well in Victor Salute up here. Did you ever contemplate running here or did you want to keep them separate? Oh, I really wanted to keep them separate. Both mayors are going really well and... She was just probably a little bit better suited to the 1100, and with barrier one and only 53 on her back, uh, it made it made more sense to go to Rose Hill. She's obviously she had a little break after the spring, and she's come back really well, Mark. Yeah, look, well, she she actually went and um, uh, and was served by him Invincible, and um, she's uh, had a positive test to him. So yesterday was uh, her farewell run, but uh, she needed to get a. Uh, a black type win before she went off to stun. We're lucky enough to achieve that. Yesterday. Fair bit at stake then yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, looks led me stud um, have, have invested a lot uh, in the mare. They bought her uh, a few months ago, and we came up with a plan to try and get a, a stakes win during the spring with her. And look, it was it, it was able to sort of work out that she was mid prep 
head up to uh, head up to uh, Yarraman Park and be served by him Invincible, and you know she stayed in work for a couple of weeks at, at Sledmere, and then uh, returned to the stable in good shape and was able to win at Randwick, and then um, you know we picked out um, you know the, the listed races for her to contest, and um, Rose Hill, where she came up with Barrier One, was turned out to be the right option. And Rachel King handled her well. Just on Blazing Miss, we've just been talking about Needorp winning the. The Spirit of Boom Classic, Blazing Miss ran second. And uh, as it panned out, I, I think most expected you'd either lead or take the trail and be behind leader. It panned out that way. And she was getting close towards the end. There was only half length in it at the finish. Yeah, she raced really well. Um, she's a, a, a big mare and, and, and takes a big stride. Uh, talking to Michael and, and watching the race, she looked to uh, resent probably being in restricted room when she first turned for home. But uh, when she got clear of the horse on her outside, she extended really well the last 100, 150. And, uh, look, she she ran to her best. It wasn't quite good enough yesterday, but um, there'll be a nice win in her in the future. It was good to see Graceful Glamour back in the winner's circle in the ATC Cup. Uh, what you see is what you get generally with her. She likes to control in front. Had that opportunity yesterday, and uh, uh, again, Rachel King to the fore. Yeah, look, Rachel's got a good rapport with her, and um, she got back on good ground, um, and she got control of the race with a lightweight. So, generally, when she gets those circumstances, she runs to her best, and her, you know, her best when uh, those things fall into place is pretty good. You got many more horses earmarked to head north over the summer, Mark? Oh, look, I've. Um, I'll probably send uh, Blazing Miss back up for uh, the Nudgy Stakes on the 2nd of January. She can have a short freshen up now in the stable. And, look, that'll even give her a chance to get a wild card into the uh, Magic Millions, Phillies and Mares. Yep. The um, uh, Quacker Jack's a possibility. He'll trial in a couple of weeks' time. He was actually the first horse... I bought from a Magic Million sale and uh, it would be nice to get him up there for the 1,400-metre cup. Uh, I've got one or two two-year-olds that have trialled in, in the last week and um, you know, one of those will be a possibility as well. Good on you, Mark. Congratulations on the double yesterday and uh, always look forward to seeing you when you come to Brisbane. Hopefully you can get some results up here over the summer. Let's hope so. There he is, Mark Newnham, joining us this morning. Successful with Invictus Salute in the Starlight and Graceful Glamour in the ATC Cup. Yeah, that's more. right. She's a tricky one, Graceful Glamour, isn't she? She can put her in a bad one, but as he said, he yeah. gets control of a race with a lightweight, and Rachel King found the key to her yesterday. As I said, I always wait till they get off the, the air and they can't hear me. <laughs> Doesn't win out of turn, does she? No, I think she's hard to catch. But the, but funny in saying that, because because generally her, her most effective role is a front-running role. It's not like hmm. she has bad luck in races, although if she can't get the lead the chances are probably lessen. Let's have a listen to the Group 3 Festival Stakes. Here's the replay with Darren. Arathia held together a half in front to Outrageous, then Miss Siska. Gulbar peeling three wide now on the bend. Deeper out, Royal Celebration. Faistos going between runners and the red cap. Wide out, Mr. Marathon Man and Mashurov heads the rest. Down to the 300 now, and Outrageous travels well. Outrageous moved up to join Arathia. Then Royal Celebration, Gulbar further back to Faistos, but Outrageous in front. 100 metres to run. Royal Celebration giving chase. Outrageous in front, holding Royal Celebration. Celebration, is it? Yes, outrageous. Kicking on and outrageous. Beat Royal Celebration. Three-way go for third. 
Now, outside to win, Mr. Marathon Man, Faistos and Evelina. They're the three and up for third. Followed close up by Galois and Arathia. Masharov next from Sambro through the cracks, got too far back from Rania. Then a Shin Rook, Military Zone, Noble Boy, Miss Siska and Primitivo. Team Hawks produced outrageous to win first up during the Flemington Carnival. Back to Sydney, a Group 3 win there yesterday and now heads to the Group 2 Villiers in a fortnight. It's an interesting spot, that race now, isn't it? A Group 3, 1,500 a week after the million-dollar um, mm. gong. So Which they won as well. <laughs> that's, that's right. So they still attracted close to a capacity field, so it could have stood up that way. But you'd think if you got one at that level, you'd be aiming up at a million bucks a week earlier. Nothing else to report out of Sydney to your way of thinking? Was there a two-year-old race well, there yesterday? it was interesting how the... The, the Queensland staying form stood up, uh, David, exactly. uh, earlier in the day. He's uh, He runs away. <laughs> he sort of came here as a bit of a plugger, really, didn't he? And um, he's just progressing, progressing, progressing now. A Saturday winner in Sydney. Yeah, speaking of the two-year-olds, Robo Deera won the two-year-old, a $19 chance for John O'Shea and Brenton Avdala. And uh, Paul Joyce, he was in good form on select racing yesterday. Three-eared was his number one pick and... Saluted at $16. Just mentioning about Blazing Miss coming back for the nudgy. Mm -hmm. That shaping is a good race too because, as we heard last Monday with Michael Dollar, that's Kizakano's yeah. race. Um, if she doesn't win, they'll probably tip her out. So it's going to be a, a hit-run mission. If she wins, it's a wild card into, into Magic Millions Day. Yeah, and you'd think Godolphin might have one or two. I know they've made some inquiries about boxes there at Eagle Farm, so they're preparing a team coming here. And that nudgy's turning into a, such a strong race because of that wild card mm -hmm. element. Let's have a listen to our final replay. This time we're heading to Morfordville, and this was the listed city of Marion. The leader, Savit to excel with explosive speed. Leads two lengths to trip. Uh, going to third, beautiful flyer. One more, Jack Gentico. Followed then by Exalted Maxine. Too good, too hard to the outside. The leader, Savit to excel inside the 300. Trip starting to close in. Then one more, Jack Gentico. Too good, too hard. Savit to excel finds another gear. Trip's almost on term. Savit to excel with trip margin a half. Now one more, Jack. Too good, too hard. One more, Jack lifting close to home grabbing trip on the wire one more jack has got up to score from trip too good too hard and Savit to excel and then gentico followed by lacani rose tequila time debt collector canyon wonder beautiful flyer exalted maxine towards the back with i remember you shane oxlade prepares one more jack uh he's got a great strike rate this horse he's mm. been a horse who's when I say flown under the radar, he's won eight now from his 13 starts and they thought it good enough to take him to uh, to Melbourne for the carnival in a, a minor race where he was respectable. But enlisted company, that was a pretty good city of Marion yesterday. He finished strongly to win with uh, Paul Gat riding. Yeah, we put those six together from um, December last year for winning the maiden all the way to six in a row. So good to see the horse go on with it. We'll have a chat tomorrow morning on Press Room. Uh, we'll talk about jockeys tomorrow. We'll leave that to tomorrow. Never written so much about jockeys in, in the space of a week, David. We sat here last Sunday and just one story after another came. Yeah, there's more jockey stories that, that happen during the week, but we'll discuss that and other matters tomorrow on Press Room. Look forward to your company then. Thanks, David. Nathan X will be joining us here this morning on Past the Post. And once again, thanks for your company. Hope you have, or hope, hope you have a good morning. Hope you have a good day. And I will join you tomorrow morning on Press Room.